Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. So tonight, um, you're in for a special treat. I told you last week that we had a guest speaker come, and a lot of you have figured out who it is. Um, one day, you are going to be a 12th grader, and you're going to graduate, and you're going to graduate from youth group, but we never want you to graduate from Lewis Memorial Baptist Church. And we wanted tonight to be a night where you got to know your pastor, um, Pastor Lemming, He's going to come, and he's going to finish out our series on grief, good grief. So I want, you to, I want to ask you to go ahead and open your Bibles, be ready, because you're going to learn so much, and I want you to give him a big welcome as he comes to speak to you. So give Pastor Lemming a hand as he comes up. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Oh, thank you all for letting me come and be with you. Y'all look great. Can y'all smile at me? This is a great crowd, and praise team, y'all did wonderful. That was beautiful singing. Uh, there was somebody around me that wasn't singing right on pitch, but it was probably me. But uh, anyhow, I was kidding. I'm only kidding, only having fun. Everything was wonderful. It's been great. Do you realize that um, I, I'm, I'm an old man compared to y'all? I'm 60. I'll be 62 here in a month and a half. But do you realize that most every big decision I made in life, I made when I was a teenager? When I was 16 years of age, on a Wednesday night service like you're having here, uh, I received Christ as my Savior. Uh, as a teenager, I surrendered my life to be a preacher of the gospel. Actually, I surrendered to full-time service. I didn't know exactly what that would end up being. I just said, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, I'm willing to do it. Uh, as a teenager, I met the girl who became uh, my wife and we've been married 43 years. Uh, there's so many big decisions that take place when you're a teenager. And so I, I want to stop and just tell you this is a great time of life. You're in a great period of life when God can do some incredible things. And decisions you make today, uh, 20 years, 50 years from now, are going to have an impact in your life. And so uh, enjoy living. I mean, it's great. You turn my 61 around and I'm only 16, right? That'd be all right. Uh, and, and you're at a great period of life, so enjoy um, what God is doing and enjoy the times of worship like this. The, the tag group, the guys that I was with, that's a great group of guys. Thank you for inviting me, guys, and, and Matthew and Matt. Aren't we thankful for Matt and April McClay? Yeah, aren't we thankful for Matt and April McClay? Yeah. Um, they're doing an incredible job, and we appreciate all of their hard work and um, all of their love for you. I want to thank the other adults. They, they're building an incredible team as well that is working with them, and we're so grateful for that team. A couple of those team members have been here a long, long time, Don Hampton and uh, Kate Lowe. I mean, those are two of my heroes. Uh, they've just served and served and served and been faithful and been available and been used by God. And then we got the other adults that are joining in and, and helping out. And we're so appreciative of the team uh, that uh, is gathering around Matt and April. And uh, it's exciting to watch all of those things happen. And so I'm just proud of you. I, I want to tell you as well that I love you. It's hard for me to express that in a way that you'll fully understand. But I hear prayer requests about you. Uh, Matt keeps me informed about things that are going on at times in different people's lives, each, each of your lives. Um, so, you know, you know, we're, I'm keeping up with you. Can, can I tell you, it's great to see you here, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's even greater for me when I see you in a service. 
uh, when you're sitting there, even if you're drifting off when I'm preaching, just having your presence there makes all the difference in the world. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's energy. There's, there's strength that comes from just you being there. And I look over sometimes, not all the young people sit in the same section, but I look over and I see the young people sitting over there and I absolutely love it. And then sometimes I look around and I see you sitting in different places, but I want you young people to know that to to the main service, you are just as important as you are in this service. And we love you being there and I appreciate you being there. And uh, I'm just grateful whenever you come and uh, are a part of the service. Now, Matt told me that uh, y'all have been talking about good grief now, growing up, that was an expression that we would use, you know, whenever something frustrated us. Good grief. Did y'all ever say that kind of a thing? Good grief. And so I, I was thinking about it, and I, I had told Matt that I might speak on something uh, from John chapter 11, but I changed my mind, and I don't think he will mind, because I want to touch on something that a lot of you have to deal with and a lot of you have to experience in, in your lives, and that's Suicide. But I'm going to talk about that in just a few moments. I want you to look in your Bible with me to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And I want to read to you a passage of Scripture. I forgot to go get my good glasses, so these are my readers. So I know I look like a really old man now. But I can't read without them. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. To pull it up out of the ground. Not just pull the fruit off of the vine, but to pull up the whole plant. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. And here's where we connect with your theme. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. Casting away stones was clearing a field of the stones. Putting stones on a field kept them from being able to use the field to grow anything. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. That has nothing to do with weight. A time to gain and a time to lose. I've got the gain part down. I hadn't got the lose part down yet. A time to keep and a time to throw away. And here we connect with your theme again. A time to tear and a time to sow. When they were grieving or repenting, but specifically here grieving, they would sometimes tear their garment to show the depth of their grief. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate a time of war, and a time of peace. And then if you look over at verse 11, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for these next 20 minutes or so that you'll help me to make sense of this passage of Scripture. Lord, it was on a Wednesday evening service when you spoke to my heart and you changed my life. Lord, maybe there's somebody here whose life needs to be changed, not by me, but by you. And I pray, Lord, that you'll use your word as you did that night in my own life. Use your word to speak to their hearts. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 
In those verses of Scripture that we just read, young people, there was a, a list of 28 different things. If you were keeping up with them, they are polar opposites. Born, die. Plant, to pull up the plant. To weep, to laugh. To mourn, to dance. There's 28 of those polar opposites of one another. And when you see the Scripture giving you something in this fashion... What they're telling you is by giving you these total opposites, these complete polar opposites, the scripture is telling you that that includes everything in between. So that they're covering every period of your life, every aspect of your life. These actions, uh, these uh, experiences, these emotions, at their extremes and everything in between is what he's talking about. And this is Solomon who's writing these words. Do you remember Solomon is the wisest man aside from Jesus that ever lived on the earth? God gave him increased wisdom to be able to live life. So when you stop and you see what he's writing here, here is a man who's writing about these two extremes that go 14 times, 28 different uh, words that are used, extremes that cover every part of your life. And in essence, what he's doing is he's telling you three very important things. And it's going to have to get right to what, what he's telling you. So if you're thinking about it and you want to remember them, don't try not to forget them. The first is this. God is sovereign over all the times of our lives. God is sovereign over all the times of our lives. Do you understand what I mean when I say he's sovereign? God is in control of everything. It sometimes looks as if God is out of control or things are out of control and that God is not in control. But the reality is that God is sovereign and God is in control of everything. But what sovereignty does not mean, it does not mean that God causes everything. It means that God can control everything if he so desires to do so. And sometimes he causes things to occur, and sometimes he simply allows them to occur. But because he is sovereign, there is nothing that ever happens in your life, whether it's, whether it's being born or dying, whether it's planting or plucking up, whether it's weeping or laughing, whether it's mourning or dancing, whether it's tearing or it's sowing, or any of those other polar opposites. Whenever it occurs, it never touches you except God either orchestrates it or God allows it. God is in total, in absolute control all the time. That means that he can stop something if he desires to stop it in order to bring about his will, or he can simply allow something to go on because it will bring about his will. But God is in control of everything. I was thinking about this just this past weekend in Clay, West Virginia. A young man by the name of Alex Miller walked off the football field. And before he could go back on for the second quarter, he had collapsed. This is what the news item says. A tragedy mars the Friday night lights in West Virginia. Roan County High School officials confirmed today a player died Friday night after collapsing on the field. Roan County was playing Clay County Friday night when the incident occurred at the end of the first period. Witnesses tell Metro News the first quarter ended and players came to their respective sidelines. As they were returning to the field to begin the second quarter, there was a frantic call for EMS from the Roan County sideline. Paramedics immediately responded and the entire team was moved to the field to allow EMS crews room to work. The rescue personnel performed CPR even as he was being transported from the field to the ambulance. As Miller was taken to the hospital, the stadium went silent. The public address announcer asked for prayer. 
Members of both teams, coaches, cheerleaders, and referees gathered at midfield. Fans prayed silently in the stands. And if that's not enough, there's a player on that same night who was hit in the head playing football. And he lived a thousand miles from Roan County in Yukon, Oklahoma. Another tragedy unfolded more than a thousand miles away in Yukon, Oklahoma. Southwest Covenant High School football player Peter Webb died at the Children's Hospital at Oklahoma University Medical on Sunday after suffering a head injury during a game, the Oklahoman reports. Uh, his uh, Sunday school leader went on to say about Peter, Peter is gone from this earth, yet the miracle of the gospel is more true for him now than ever. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe that God knew that those two young men were going to die over this past weekend? Do you believe that God knew that Alex was going to drop dead on that football field? Do you believe that he knew Peter was going to get a head injury that would lead to his death by Sunday? Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, you don't believe the Bible. Now, here's the good news about the sovereignty of God. When you believe that God is sovereign over all of the times of our lives, the extremes in everything in between, when you believe that God is sovereign over all of these different things in life, then you have hope even when there's great pain that's going on all around you. You understand that, that God is behind and at work and doing even when we don't understand all that He's doing. That's what He means over in verse 11. Listen to it again. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Sometimes the time for something to be understood isn't in this life. It isn't until we get to heaven and God reveals to us what he was doing and why he was doing it. But God is always at work making all things beautiful. That means acceptable according to his plan for his purpose. He goes on, also he has put eternity in their hearts. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Except that none of us can ever fully understand or fully grasp all that God is doing because God alone is God. And God alone is sovereign. And that means that no matter what's going on in your life, it's not by happenstance. It's not by just bad luck. It's not because, uh, you, you know, you're just uh, something wrong in your life and some reason you're bringing it on yourself. It's because there's a God in heaven who's working behind the scenes, who's sovereign over every circumstance of your life. He could stop it if he wanted to stop it, but he has some reason for it. He could do something different if he chose to do something different. And when God intervenes in something that's happening, what do we call it? We call it a miracle, right? We call it a miracle. You know, when you acknowledge God's sovereignty... You can see purpose in tragedy. You can see reason in calamity. And you can be reminded that you need greater dependence on God so that even in the most difficult circumstances, by the way, Alex's parents said he was a believer and they were looking forward to seeing him in heaven. And obviously Peter's parents said the same about him, that he was in heaven. They were able to look at it from the perspective of the all, Almighty God that the Lord knew what was going to happen on that Friday night. It was no accident. And God even had a plan in it. And even though it hurts and the pain is real and you wish it would go away, He'll make all things beautiful in His time. 
And so the first thing this passage of Scripture is a reminder to us that there's a sovereign God over all the times of our lives. Your life isn't a matter of happenstance. It's not a matter of just sheer luck. Your life is a matter of God's superintendence over everything that comes. He either brings it to you or he allows it to touch you and you will not die before the day the Lord says for you to die. You couldn't be born one day before the Lord said for you to be born. None of those things could happen apart from the sovereign permission of God. There's a second thing these verses tell us. That is that the times of our lives are always subject to change. The times of our lives are always subject to change. There's a time to be born. If you've been to the maternity ward, you know how happy that place is. And there's a time to die. If you've been to the morgue, you know how sad that place can be. Uh, There's a time to weep. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh and to have a big party and have fun. There's a time to mourn and to feel sorry for somebody else. And there's a time to dance around and have joy in your heart. There's a time to tear your clothes and show the grief that you're feeling. And there's a time to sew those clothes up and move on with life. In other words, what he's trying to tell us as well is that the times of our lives are always subject to change. And this is where I want to talk about something that's so very serious for just a moment. So often we come to a place in our lives with grief, and it doesn't feel like good grief. It feels like overwhelmingly bad grief. And we can't seem to get it out of our heads, and we can't seem to get over it, and it's causing us to be laden down with all of these burdens and our tears, and we hurt, and there's, there's crying, and we're just in agony. And we think, is life really worth living like this? And what Solomon is telling you is, give it time. Give it time. Because all of these things are subject to change. As there's a time to mourn, there's a time to laugh. As there's a time to tear, there's a time to sow. As there's a time to weep, there's a time to laugh. As there's a time to plant, there's a time to pull up the plants. As there's a time to be born, there's a time to die. Things change. And things will change in your life, even when you think they're not ever going to change and you wonder, is it worth going forward? I'm going to give him the name Keith. That's not his real name. But I'm going to give him the name Keith. He was a sophomore at Marshall University. Marshall University. Not a high school. Marshall University. Uh, he was dating a girl very seriously. I mean, it was that he thought it was going to be his life mate. But they were having some problems and they were going through some real struggles and life was really, at that particular moment for the two of them, was really hard. And he was unhappy because she seemingly was pulling away from him. On a Saturday, they went to the ball game together and she broke up with him. She ended the relationship after many, many months of being together, after planning the future together. Keith, that's not his real name, didn't think he could go on another minute. He didn't think he could live another day. He was miserable. It was early evening, seven, eight, nine o'clock. He went to his house. He had access to alcohol. He started drinking the alcohol. That only made his depression grow worse. It only made the shadows grow worse over him. And he sat in his house sulking and thinking about the pain that he was in. He couldn't live without this girl. He couldn't imagine his life without her. 
And eventually he got himself to the place where he took a gun in his own bedroom and he shot himself to death. When his parents came home and found him, they called me. And they said, could you please come? By the time I got there, the police officers were already there. They were already going through the house. His parents asked me, they said, would you help us clean up? I didn't know exactly what to do or how to handle those circumstances. So I called a lady in the church who was a nurse who would know how to handle things of that matter. And she could come make sure to guide us through this process. I will never forget the night that I took his a double, uh, mat, double wide mattress soaked in blood and took it to a dumpster out behind where Kroger used to be, where China House is today. Uh, where, what's the place they've just put there? It used to be Kmart, but something else now. I took the, the double wide mattress in the back of a truck and we loaded it up into the dumpster covered in his blood. I don't know how many times I wish I could have said to him, not only is God sovereign over every circumstance of your life, and you may not understand at this moment why it is that she broke up with you, but that God has a plan and God has a purpose. What I wanted to say to him, if I'd have had half an opportunity to say to him, it is that everything will change. Give it time. It seems overwhelming at this moment. It seems like it's beyond anything you could ever handle or deal with yourself. It seems like it's more than you ever want to have to face for the rest of your life. Just give it some time. And the reality is if you'll give it some time, you'll find out what Solomon found out. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to, there's a time to, to dance. There's a time to tear. There's a time to sow. There's a time to be silent. There's a time to speak. And those, change, those, those times are always changing. You may be extremely sad at this moment, but just give it some time. That's why it's so important to talk to somebody when you have those down moments because they help talk you through to understand you won't be here in this circumstance and feeling like this forever. Just give it some time. I'll never forget his funeral. It was in the other building. There were so many college students. We put them in the choir loft. We put them in all of the pews. We put them in chairs down the aisle. We opened the back doors and we put them out in the lobby in chairs out in the back door. And I brought a message of the gospel to all of those college students about the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. You may feel hopeless at times, but I got news for you. Solomon is telling us that the times of our lives are always subject to change. Yes, sometimes you'll be on a mountaintop and you'll find yourself later in a valley, but sometimes you'll find yourself in a valley that is so deep you wonder if you can ever go on. It will change. Just give it time. It's the third thing and the final thing. God is sovereign over all the times of our lives. The times of our lives are always subject to change. When you're down, don't give up. Give it some time. And number three, through all the times of our lives, we should bring glory to God. Through all the times of our lives, we should bring glory to God. I don't have time for you to turn back to it, but listen to it. Ephesians chapter 5. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Circumspectly means carefully. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time. 
using it wisely because the days are evil. Redeeming the time for the days are evil. You got your Bible in front of you? I want you to turn on back with me, back to chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Listen to what he says in verse 1. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember now the Creator, your Creator, in the days of what? Your youth. Remember the Creator in the days of your youth. Look at verse 13. Same chapter. Look at the verse, verse 13. He says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is man's all. Do you all believe that? No matter what your circumstances are, whether you're weeping or laughing, whether you're mourning or you're dancing, whether you're casting away stones or gathering stones, whether you're embracing or you're stopping the embrace, whether you're gaining or you're losing, whether you're tearing or you're sowing, whether you're silent or you're speaking, no matter what the time is of your life and anything in between those times, in all of those circumstances, we redeem the time. We look for ways in all of those circumstances to bring glory to God. Lord, how in these times of my life can I bring glory to you? Can I tell you, that's how you turn grief into something that's good. That's how you turn grief into something that's good. You let God take that grief and you let it become a platform from which you can exalt him and you can praise him and you can give him glory. Because the fact of the matter is, you're going to have times of grief. But your whole life is not going to be a life of grief. You're going to have times when you mourn, but your whole life is not going to be a life of mourning. And you're, you're going to have times when you want to tear your clothes because you're hurting so deeply, but your whole life is not going to be like that. <clears throat> and if God has allowed it to come, it is under his sovereign control, <clears throat> and he has a purpose for it, and he can make things beautiful out of it, even when it seems impossible. And when you find yourself in one of those deep moments, you just don't give up. Time will change these things. Give it some time. But while you're there, you say, God, how can I use this grief for your glory? Look back with me for a moment, if you will. Chapter 3, are you there? Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Verse 11, he has made everything beautiful in, his, in, in, in its time. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. I wish we could talk about that. Do you know God hadn't put eternity in a dog's heart or a chicken's heart or a cat's heart? You bear the image of God. He's put eternity in humans' hearts. Except that no one can find out the work of God that God does from beginning to end. Nobody can fully understand all that God has done or is doing. I know that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is a gift of God. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. Why does God do the things he does? He does them so that we will respect Him and we will reverence Him. Why does God allow these extreme expressions of emotion and actions? Because God wants us to look to Him and depend on Him. And even in the midst of those difficult moments, God never leaves you. Let's bow our heads together close our eyes for just a moment.
Let me ask you a question. How many of you are facing something that seems overwhelming? Maybe it's your parents are breaking up. Maybe it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend that you wonder, is your relationship going to make it? Maybe it's the grades. You wonder, am I going to pass? Maybe it's another circumstance with a grandparent or a parent. And you're just, you're, you have so much sorrow and so much grief at this moment in your life. And you'd say, Pastor, pray for me. Would you just lift your hand and hold it up for a moment and say, pray for me? Yes, thank you. There's two, there's three, there's four, five. Are there others? Six, seven. Are there others? So much grief. You can put it down. Can I say to you that held up your hands, don't give up. Time changes things. Actually, it's not time. It's God. Give God some time and things will change. Be patient. Don't quit. How many of you would say, Pastor, I want God to use my life for His glory. I want God to get glory out of my life. Whether I'm on a mountaintop or whether I'm in a deep valley, I want God to be glorified through my life. And I'd like you to pray for me that God will help me to be that kind of a Christian. And you just lift your hand. You say, pray for me. I want God to get glory out of my life. Whether it's on a mountaintop or it's a deep valley, I want God to get glory out of my life. A whole lot of hands around the room. Heavenly Father, thank you for the opportunity to speak to the young people. I've left a lot of things out that are, that are very important. Lord, what I want them to see as they look at this passage and they think about it, I want them to be reminded that all these different expressions of actions and emotions and circumstances, all of these different expressions are a reminder that you are the one who's in control. And though we don't always see it or understand it, we have your word on it. And even if we don't see how you're going to make it beautiful in its time, we believe, Lord, that when we get to heaven, we'll see from your perspective and we'll see things that we don't understand right now. And in the midst of those circumstances, Lord, help us to trust you and rely on you and depend on you. Lord, I pray for those that lifted their hands and they said there's some real sorrow, there's some real grief, there's some real pain in their lives. Oh God, I pray that you'll not let them give up, give up hope. Lord, it seems like it's never going to end maybe. It seems like there is no way out of it maybe. But the fact of the matter is things change. Things change. It might not be in a day or a week or a month or even a year, but things change. And God, I pray that they'll wait on you and that they'll find their hope in you. And Lord, I pray that while we're waiting on you, that you'll help us to use our lives to bring glory to your name. Lord, that everything that we do, whether it's a high or it's a low, whether it's a high or it's a low, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to look for ways to bring you glory out of all of those circumstances. Lord, will you please bless these young people? Thank you for them. I love them with all of my heart. I don't get to see them one-on-one one -on -one like tonight very often, but Lord, when I do, it is one of the joys of my life. And Father, I pray that they will know their church is behind them, that their pastor is behind them and loves them, and that, Lord, you will bless Matt and April as they continue to lead this uh, youth ministry.
into the future. In your name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.